Oh shit. So I just pretend. Why'd you bring that chair if you're not gonna use it? Is that for our our our, exi- our um, imaginary host? <laughs> That's right. It's no name McGee right there. No name. It's it's almost like it's a ghost or something. They're like, is that for like someone that just? Don't no. start talking okay. ghosts, bro. All You're right. going to make right. this a, a very scary podcast. <laughs> well, it is kind of dark in here. <laughs> it's romantic, bro. <laughs> <laughs> romantic or too to fucking it's romantical. dark. romantical. All right, let's get started. All right. Five, four, three. Welcome to the San Diego Hoppy Hour. This is Mark Steele. I'm here hanging out with my buddy George, uh, my co-host, and we are here actually. George, I'm going to let you explain. Where are we here? We're, we're kind of like in the I'll, middle of nowhere. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest, man. I don't know when the fuck I am. <laughs> well, George, oh, this, I'm going gonna, I'm to give you context. I had a couple of beers, and we ended up at this second floor. This warehouse. is the Hoppy Hour podcast. No, actually, we're at, um, I want to say a creative space uh, in Chula Vista, downtown 3rd Avenue in Chula Vista, and I'm here with uh, a good friend of mine, Eric Eric Casas. Hello, hello. Hey, Eric. How's Eric. it going? Good, good. So, yeah. So that's this is a a, a crash landing podcast, by the way. We <laughs> crash landed. I yeah. says, Marco, bring your shit. Let's do it. Actually, it's been the first one in a little while. We took a hiatus. You know, for yeah. for those of you who don't know, I had a baby just recently, and I just got you know I'm in the middle of school right now, so that helps explain. But no excuses, man. No excuses, right. dude. Congrats, man. Uh, thank you, the, thank you. How's the baby? Baby's good, man. He's a fat baby. That's good. More, like more, daddy. more baby to love. <laughs> yeah, one day we'll figure out who that is. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, shoot. So what's up, man? Don't worry. I don't think my wife's listening to this. It's okay. She never does. Dude. No, my yeah, wife doesn't listen to this. She doesn't listen to me, period. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> it's called selective listening. Uh, it's all good. Well, well t- let's uh, talk about what we were doing here today. I mean, we kind of just crash landed. Well, we ended yeah. up at uh, Barsi Nombre. Uh, I yeah. ended up getting introduced here to Eric. Yep. But Eric, I don't know much about it. You, go ahead, you know, why well, don't you introduce yourself? Right Tell there. us a little bit. By, by about the way, yourself. this is an authentic interview by Eric, right? <laughs> this is no hold bars. This is straight up. There's no filter. Okay. So okay, Eric, I think I think what George is trying to say, aka, we had quite a few drinks today. I mean, not you guys, but in general, I got started a little earlier. Yeah, I yeah. have clients and whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah, but at the end of the day, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm I'm a creative. I'm a creative person that's uh, tapped into. A little bit of both sides of I, I want to say like it tapped into both sides of my brain a little bit you know what I mean mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a creative at heart but I also kind of uh, understand business and dabble and all that stuff so it's gotten me in some places where uh, I've uh, really uh, teamed up and partnered with businesses and and I'm really passionate about kind of like the bootstrap um, kind of starting off of a business like startup startups you know I mean? yeah where I've uh, very dug in deep with businesses and help them grow you know what i mean and then find success you know what i mean and uh i feel uh the business that i've worked in you know they all have product and you know um you know whatever whatever their product is whether it be food beer you know what i mean or even like a physical product like i've i've tapped into a network of people that are very creative and come up with very good ideas and very good concepts for things and uh i've been able to kind of take their passion for it is that what they do to kind of take it over to the next level. So are you more of a creative director then? Yeah, creative director, but it's it's deeper than that, which is crazy. Um, I've really found success kind of going really high touch. You know what I mean? So I dive in. So like, for example, um, yeah, creative directing is all part of it. 
it's all part of it. Like I want to be able to create a brand for whatever it is that I'm working on and, and figure out their voice and what they're trying to portray and like what it really is, the culture behind the thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like not so much this is the product, this is the product, this is the product. That's how we grew up watching TV. Yep. It was just getting mm-hmm. thrown products at yeah. you. You know what I mean? Force it to you. Yeah, you know? exactly. But now it's like, no, you don't want to attach yourself to a product because of that product. Like you attach yourself because of the story behind the product. The story, the brand. Exactly. Yep. 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 Like who's the I love the concept of a horse and a jockey, the, the, the product being the horse, but then the CEO, the person that's running it, the passion behind it. Like that's actually a great being, analogy. Yeah, yeah being uh, the jockey. So yep, I, I yeah. always, I always, always, always bet on the jockey. So you're jocking the jockey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I yeah. jock the jockey. Yeah, yeah. And if I believe in someone and they're passionate about what it is that they do, then I want to help them get taken to the next G- level. Give us really quick. Give us a little bit of background of your clients, because I know you, you you're you're deep rooted in in, yeah. in some of the yeah. well known well, establishments think, already. So I we'll, think for that I have to go way back. I started okay. off in the music business. I was a drummer as a kid, and that's how it was started. It was sparked my creative. My my grandfather was a musician in Tijuana. I was yeah. I was born in Tijuana, and my grandfather was a musician and. Um, my, my earliest memories was hanging out with him and and nice. and he was uh, I didn't have like my dad wasn't in the picture you know I had a really young mom so my grandfather kind of was like well fuck I'll take my you know I'll take this kid along yeah. with me you know yeah. what I mean so he was a musician I went to all his shows all his like you know performances. shout out to all tatas <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and um and so like I I I lived with him and like his life and and uh, and that that's like being so young that gave me like a huge impression like of of uh, of all that like he was very creative but he also owned a retail store he owned a retail store like once uh, on the King like on the Fifth Avenue which is like one street over from Revolution and he owned this retail store where he sold like you know, leather goods and like electronics and all kinds of things, right? So at night, I would be hanging out with him and we'd, and he'd have a gig at a restaurant or like he'd have kind of like this social club thing where like he'd play with a big rondalla, you know, 20 guys with guitars and singing. And then during the day, we'd wake up, have breakfast and then go to the store. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like go to the store and we'd man the store all day. You know what I mean? And that was kind of like, I think what's like now I've seen it as a 40 year old man. I'm like, fuck, you know what I mean? Like I understand, yeah. like I'm hanging out with you don't all these... look a day past 39, bro. <laughs> oh, thanks man. But like, I'm, I'm hanging out with these musicians and I love those guys, man. And and they're, they're going through their kind of like journey and like touring and it's a struggle and it's hard to make money in music and this and that. But then I also tap into guys are in business doing real estate development yeah, and yeah. like buying buildings and doing these big multi-million dollar deals and i've just been lucky enough to like straddle both so um i started off uh, playing music and then when i figured out that like man there's no there's no money in like and i wasn't even into it wasn't even about the money at the time i was just i remember i had a show I, like I, I played in this rock band and at the time it was, it was probably the early 2000s and so i played in this rock band and we had a show and so we had a, this pre-internet pre-anything and so we had just like promote and like so i'd like pound the phones you know what i mean like hey you're gonna come to my show and i was like yeah i'm gonna go to your show are you gonna come to my show yeah i'm gonna come to the show so it's like I called everyone I knew, but it was like a Wednesday night, right? Yeah. The band was starting off, so you got to play like Wednesday, you know what I mean? It was like a club in OB or something. And um, so I go to the show, and I was like, yeah, I got I got at least like 15 people coming. How many you got? The dude's like 10. And like, you know, the, the, the yeah. guitar player's 10. The bass player's like, oh, I got 20. You know, and the other dude's like, the singer's like, oh, I got 30. It's like, oh, it's going to be a great show. We made this happen. And I remember playing the show, and we're waiting, and we're waiting. I'm like, fuck, 
No one no, showed no one showing up. No one showed up. Oh, San Diego, what? bro. That's like for people that's, from out of town. When, when, when they complain about San Diego, I always hear that they're saying the San Diego people are so flaky. Well, here's here's uh, what it is, we're, man. We're, we're, fair, we're fair weather. The, the the thing is, you're competing against a beautiful city, and there's no way around that. You know what I mean? Whatever oh. it is that you have, unless you're tapping into what this city has to offer, you're competing against it. So I was in a band that played at night, and people had. Other the fires. beach during yeah. the day. Yeah. They could do barbecues. They have the sun. They have restaurants. They have all the, like, and, and now could... the internet too, bro. Yeah. You got yeah. Pornhub. Oh, well, now, yeah. getting them out of the house. <laughs> yeah. You said Cornhub? <laughs> that's right. Pornhub. <laughs> have you heard of it? <laughs> wow. That's very corny. Yeah, that's, that's, wow. Yeah, so I was probably like 22 years old at the time. I had been playing drums since I was nine years old. And, you know, obviously through high school it was a breeze. You know, I played with everyone. And I was like, you know, I was like, oh, the, I was considered the drummer. You know, like. I'd play for all the different groups in school and like I had a band outside. So I was playing bars when I was 16 and all this, all this stuff. It was just like, it was, it was awesome. You know, like when you're in high school, you're invisible. Like, Man, you must be getting all the teenage tail back then. <laughs> um, I can't talk about that. Maybe we can't talk about that now. That's a whole different podcast. That's uh, that's old news, old yeah. news. Uh-huh. But uh, I mean, I, I can't complain. But um, did I tell you? That, did I mention this is a very lowbrow <laughs> podcast? Yeah, they, no one was listening. Oh, I love it. Uh, my mom's the only one listening, by the way. She doesn't yeah. understand English. Hey, señora. <laughs> Hi, mom. Rato está con tortillas. All right, go for it. No, no, yeah. So then after. Yeah, uh, after, after yeah. high school, I started doing those gigs, and I was yeah. going through college, and I was like, Jesus, this is rough. Like, this is the reality yeah. of being a musician. Like, you have to have a huge following. And then I just, I feel like at the time with the group of people I was with, I just couldn't tap into what it would take to make, like, a big movement out of this music. So I was like, you know what? Like, I think I'm going to bow out. I remember that show that I was telling you about. It was like, the show ended. There was only, like, you know, four people in the crowd. And then the singer was just like, all right, see you guys. I'm out. Just left, you know, he has nothing. You know. what? The guitar player kind of put his guitar, grabbed his amp, and then he's gone like five minutes later. You know, same with the bass player. Like, everyone just kind of left. But I'm here, the drum. Like, the, and I was there with my, my, my girlfriend at the time, and like, I have to take the cymbals out. Like, fucking the thing. Oh, and, like, yeah. 30 minutes later, I'm still like, tearing it down, Damn. packing it down. I was like, you know what? This is a lot of work. This is a lot of work for an unknown. You know what I mean? An unknown. And every, all the eyes are on you at that point. Yeah, and it's just like, and, and I remember the bartender was waiting. He's like, are you done yet? Like, he was waiting to go uh, home. You know what right. I mean? Like, I was like, and the bartender's kind of sitting there with his arms crossed. Like, damn, I have to wait for this drummer to take take down his stuff. And I was like, you know what, man? Like, a, there has to be an easier way. You know what I mean? I just uh, don't know. And I was going to college for called music. Called Beat Machines. Yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I got I got accepted to the uh, SDSU and on, on the music program, and I was going to school for I was gun ho I was going to do that. But I think th- that experience, like, I was just like, Jesus, I think. Open this, your eyes. It, it just opened my eyes for it to be, like, a rough road. You know yeah. what I mean? And I was just like, ah, there has to be more. You know what I mean? But I love music. I was passionate about so did music. You, did you continue with the music program then? So, uh, no. So, like, I was just, at the time, it was really early on. It was uh, 98. I was a San Diego. Like, really, like, like you couldn't take a graphic design class at State. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they started offering that that program, and I was really interested in it. I was always the guy that made the flyers before when I was a kid. But it, you, it, making flyers when you were young consisted of cutting up magazines and, like, mm-hmm. pasting it and then making mm-hmm. copies at Kinko's mm-hmm. and then passing those out. Like, this is old school. Well, okay. I, old school we, punch it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt you real quick. Yeah. I was that same person yep. that was doing party house flyers. Yes. With 
make-believe halftone dots. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Everyone was doing yep. house party flyers. Yep. They used to cut them in, in halves. Yep. And, and back then, I was a sort of like a tagger slash yeah. graffiti artist in there or whatever. And whenever there was a house party, they were like, hey, George, I need you to do another flyer. I'm like, all right. So I have my characters and whatnot. And that was back then. It was yeah. like before it became an actual you know, graphic design was already in play. Yeah, it was Ruben Lent and all I mean, that. I mean, it's been in play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but it, it wasn't. Was it wasn't. It wasn't as easy access as it is yeah. now. So yeah, I, I, that's, I mean, there was no computer. Me, like there was a, there was computers, but it wasn't as as uh, accessible yeah. as back. Like I mean, when now. I remember making my first band flyers, I never once used a computer. I wow. mean, it literally yeah, no, was. You're, you're doing cutouts. Yeah. It was yeah, punk rock. That's man. crazy. Like I would just take an E. Take yeah. All. <laughs> yeah. And we like you know cut it like and just spend all day laying something out on an eight and a half or whatever sheet of paper yep. and then going to kinko's is making copy of that yep. thing and it would Remember be a that. cohesive thing you know what i mean yeah. it was it was crazy but like that i knew that i loved i loved being creative and the music wasn't doing it for me anymore so i just like i'm gonna jump in that thing you know what i mean so i turned around to my band i was like i don't want to be in the band anymore but i still want to be involved you know what i mean I see. and there's this new thing going on it's called the internet i'm gonna figure that out like everyone's starting i see big bands having Damn, websites i feel old talking about no, that it's crazy <laughs> i mean we're talking we're talking 98 Ni- 98 like 99. the internet really only existed when windows 95 came out yeah, you know what i mean yeah, like true, i mean it, it, it existed before that but i'm saying it wasn't like i think a george still has an aol account actually <laughs> yeah, i have a hotmail account yeah it, <laughs> it didn't it didn't really start to windows 95 came out that's when it was like blanketed like mostly everyone at least had one yeah. computer it was like windows 95 so i always think of the internet like 95 you yeah. know what i mean yeah. and then in 98 i was like I want to figure out how to do this website stuff. So I learned code. I started doing websites, and I did a first website for the band that I used to be in. Well, first, first wait, I did wait, it for the band. What's I was the in. name of the band? Huh? What's the name of the band? Can you even say it? Yeah, or, no, no. There's a band called Brandy Alexander's. Brand, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah the just, brand, I just, I just yeah. want to get on the, off the yeah, record. Yeah, the Brandy Alexander. Yeah. Brandy Alexander's was like uh, John Lennon's favorite drink, and we were really into the Beatles and all this stuff. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. yeah. That's cool. So yeah, man, and and um, so I started building sites, and then from there, like another band's like, can you build my site? Yeah, and build my site, and then I just took that whole punk rock DIY was like do-it-yourself mentality to like just still be involved with my friends who were playing music. Mm. I myself, I'm not playing music, but then I would take on roles as like the manager or whatever, and I try to just facilitate them being more successful and promoting them. And that entailed me doing a website. And then when we needed a photo shoot, I got like a little Canon like oh, elf yeah. and I started doing photos, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and then uh, like YouTube came out and they started doing the, the, the 320 by 240 tiny, like one minute videos, you know what I mean? Yeah. So then I started getting, I got a little mini DV cam and I started shooting video, you know what I mean? And started yeah. doing that. And then that just, that parlayed to all my skills that I have now, which is like graphics, web, video, photo. And it, that's how it started. Just do it yourself. Yeah, one mentality. man show. Yeah, one your man show. Oh. Yeah. And at the time, I was like, you know, I'd work at like an insurance place. I was just like, and it was weird. It was a big corporate job. You know what I mean? They'd yeah. pay me like 14 bucks an hour, and I'd show up, and then just kind of like a, I don't know, I didn't do anything all day, really. <laughs> like, I just got paid, you know what I mean? And I'd wow. learned how to uh, code. Sounds pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> it was just wow. like, but it was miserable, you know what I mean? I'd show yeah. up, and I'd sit in a cubicle all day, and I really didn't have a purpose. And, like, yeah. no one ever yeah. noticed that I didn't do anything, and I just learned how to code and do graphics on their well, computer. Well, uh, let's parlay to where you're at now, then. Like, tell us <laughs> oh, Hold on. That, that has to be the longest introduction ever. That, to uh, but, That's but, awesome. But, but he, went straight, he, went, he went straight context. This is what I am. This is how I, this is how I, this is how I, I started to... 
Like he gave us his whole background story already. No, the, yeah, I mean, I, right? I, I think the thing is when, when you're something new. when you're an entrepreneur, yeah. sometimes you like second guess yourself and you f- try to figure out why it is that you're doing yeah. anything that you do, because entrepreneurship is tough and you're just kind of out there and you're just kind of swimming in a in a sea of different people and like you try to realize like why like why am I here like why like you know what I mean? Dude, yeah, you know what, you know what that 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 conversation right there, yeah. entrepreneurship, starting your own, self-made, all that this. I think it's becoming more of an apparent uh, a movement. Um, you know, the company I work for, San which, Diego you know, especially, the, bro. The, 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 Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I just really quick. I just I came. I was in the Philippines. I don't know two, two months ago. Um, and I don't, it's been a visiting while. Visiting family. So, yeah, visiting family. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, dude. Um, and and one of the the programs that we we are sponsoring, my boss sponsors a lot of these programs. You know, is trying to like build houses in certain areas. You, you think it's tough here in the United States? I mean, you're talking about third world countries that are going through some serious fucking drama, dude. When it comes to you know uh, support when the government and whatnot. Anyways, we went to this uh, <clears throat> this uh, I want to say this university that's based around supporting families and building communities with families that have gone through some serious shit. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about kids. I mean, I'm not talking about, uh, you know, uh, with families on welfare. I'm not talking about poor families. Here, you still have an opportunity if you're if you're going through some financial struggle. In the Philippines or third world countries, there is no such thing as as, as support or or in this case. The, poor, uh, the poorest per people here you, in the United you, States are still richer than yeah, 95% ex- exactly. of the rest of the world. Yeah. So I'm we're dealing with kids between 12 to 20 something years old. I'm gonna say they're not kids after they're 18, but these kids lived underneath bridges in the slums of Philippines. Okay, so we're talking like some serious uh, situations growing up. And this program basically teaches them not to become workers. They're like, fuck that. We have enough workers already. We want people that are going to become entrepreneurs. See the difference? They're like, we don't want you to just be part of the system that's going to just, you're going to go in debt, go to college, and then work for someone. No. We're going to teach you how to become self-made. We're going to teach you how to become your own uh, social enterprise. We're going to teach you how to become your entrepreneur, which is basically gave me a sort of a sense of conscience. Like, dude, that's we need that shit in the United States. Everyone's here trained to go to college and go in debt because why? That's the system that tells you to do. They're telling you, you need to go in debt for 300000 and might even get a job for doing that shit. Yeah, you could be like I'm Becky and just drop like eight hundred thousand dollars. You'd be good. I uh, know, right? <laughs> so, so that's the, the, any any person that's an entrepreneur. I gotta give them props because they took the self initiative. It's like fuck this. I don't want to do this work for the, for the man. I want to do my own shit, right? And you, you, obviously, you guys know my background. I work full time, but I do my own shit on the side too. I got you know, I got my design. I got my clothing. You do the same thing. We're doing happy hour and all that. And it's because it's it's. It's self-motivation. It's it's actually something that I think entrepreneurship. I want my kids to understand entrepreneurship. My mm-hmm. son Jacob, who's only 12 years old, he's he's starting his own old T-shirt brand. He wants mm-hmm. to because he sees me doing it, so he's like, "Well, shit, I can do it," you know. And my dad didn't touch me that no, didn't teach me anything about entrepreneurship. My dad was a hardworking motherfucker, dude. That, that fool had jobs up the ass. I mean, he was a he was a butcher. He was a lumberjack. I mean, he was your what you call a hardworking citizen, or in this case, illegal citizen. I'm gonna be honest right now. He's a straight. He was illegal, straight Absolutely. up, and then became a U.S. citizen, right? Yeah. But Don, I just wanted to say that because I, it's been on my mind since the last time I talked to you, and that that program. These are kids that have been raped, mm-hmm. kids that have been robbed, mugged, molested when, from their own families, and yet they're becoming fucking leaders in this country that's that's infested by 
political lobbyist, lobbyist you want to say, interest. Well, you know, it's funny because we went into this conversation and I didn't really know exactly what we were going to talk about today, honestly. <laughs> Dude, this, this is the best. It's, it's turning into an entrepreneurship conversation. It, it is because we're having a, a straight yeah. out. This is the reason why we have well, well, Okay, works. well, let's parlay back to where we're at right now. So, <laughs> so like, can, can you tell me a little bit about where we're at right now? Let's put it into context. Where yeah. are we at right now? So, um, yeah, there's a big section in the middle, though. So I, I went from the, the music business. So I parlayed all the music business stuff into uh, working for other artists. And I started working yeah. for other artists. And I started working for, like, you know, like uh, rappers and this and that. I actually did the first website for a band called Tribal Seeds. You know what I mean? Oh, Which is, like, now like pretty big. And this is, like, early on. You know what I mean? Just, like, just through connections, started making connections. And then uh, at the end of the day, I ended up working for uh, just an independent record label out of San Diego. Um, and they just had some rap artists, some like little Chicano rap and, and, and they even had like a, a section where they would do metal stuff. And, and so I had a day job, but then I'd come, that was my passion. So yeah. after my day job, I'd go to their office and then I would take video, do photos, build a website and do whatever it is that, that I was doing. Um, at the time, um, things started going like kind of with the economy and, and all the, like the loans and all that stuff started taking yeah. off and then. Yeah. And I was I was 24 years old and, and I started hearing rumblings like of my friends buying houses and this and I was like what are you buying a house? Like, 2006, 2007 ish. What are we looking at? Here? Yeah, that, no, that's right, right, 2000, the house 2003, boom, right? Okay, right before, right before. Yeah. yeah, it was like 2003, 2004, no. and um, and then also I was like whoa, something's happening. So it, all of a sudden, all like my older friends from like school and stuff, they're all doing loans and then and they're like, let yeah, me get you pre-approved. And I was like, all right, give me pre-approved. I have like a little, you know, like a $14 an hour day job and then just like do shit on the side. And they're like, dude, you're approved for like a hundred grand, 120 grand. I was like, okay, cool. And I was like, well, let me see what that means. I didn't even know what that meant. So I started looking around San Diego, obviously. I was like, I was, you know, everything was priced out of my range. But at the time with my girlfriend, we were like going to Vegas a lot. It just happened that one day we ended up in Las Vegas, and um, instead of mm. we got into town, and instead of like partying how we usually do, because we we used to go like once a month, you know what I mean, just kind of rage and do our thing. But um, one time, like we ended up falling asleep, and then the next day we woke up, we're like, wow, what, what do you do in Vegas when you're up at seven in the morning? You know what I mean? So it was like, let's go for a drive. Started driving around, and so I already knew about the pre-approval, and then I saw a sign, and it's like. You know, townhomes from the 100,000s. And I was like, dude, I'm approved for 100,000. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? So I stopped. Yeah, yeah. And then I went in, we saw the model home, and it was just kind of like, wow, like, look at this. Like, we could live here. Like, can you believe that? And like, yeah, we could live here. It's like, we, this could be ours. And like, at the time, like, we just, like, we're renting a little apartment. Well, or nobody like, was saying no at that time either. Yeah, it was crazy. So I was just like, wow, I was like, you know what? Like, let's just do it. You know what I mean? What's it take? And they're like, yeah, give us five grand. So I borrowed five grand. For the earnest deposit, and then uh, my buddy that did the loan, we figured all that out. We ended up getting the money, and then we just bought a place in Vegas and moved there. So then um, I told the record label guys that I was working with, like, hey, guys, like, I'm moving to Vegas. And they're like, hey, if you're moving to Vegas, well, I know a guy. His dad owns a big auto group of dealerships uh, in Vegas. Yeah. All, but, but the son runs this one dealership in, in it's a Dodge store, and, like, they do, like, fun stuff and all this. And I was like, okay, can you hook me up? He's like, sure. So anyways, I moved to Vegas with all my things. I go, we have our new place, and I drop off my stuff, and I go to the dealership, and I meet this guy. His name's Chopper. Um, and so I meet him, and he just looks at me. He's like, I seen the stuff you did for the record labels. Like, you know how to build websites? I was like, yes. He's like, okay, you're going to build my website. He's like, I'm going to pay you two grand. 
He's like, I'm gonna pay you two thousand dollars for the website. He's like, you know how to do eBay? I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, you can sell cars on eBay and whatever commission you make, then that's what you make. So like now I'm in Damn. Vegas. I own a place, I own my own brand new townhouse, and then I'm getting paid twenty four thousand dollars a month. And um, we just started hustling, man. I started hustling, and just the the freedom that Chopper gave me in that place to just do what it is that I did really helped me expand all my skills. You know what I mean? And so. I started taking photos. I I built the website. Like I just can't believe now, like how complex car dealership websites are. That like at one point, like I built one of those. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just through HTML and PHP, whatever it is. Like just coded it by hand and like having cars show up when you took a picture and you put in, you put the price and everything. It was crazy, man. So like I just yeah, yeah I just I, I was working in Vegas and doing all that stuff and putting in the work and learning like my skills. And um, one of the things that they that chopper is just kind of like he's actually owning this place kind of like a really good marketer he's like you know what vegas is a late town he's also i know that when people get out of work from the casinos like they're coming home at two in the morning three in the morning so so what i'm gonna do just because you know he was just young and just had verbato he's like i'm just gonna buy every 30 second tv spot because at the time this like internet wasn't that big you know what i mean like it was yeah, no yeah. streaming none of that so people come home and watch tv he's like, i want to buy as many 30 minute commercial spots i can from 2 a.m to 6 a.m 30, 30 minute or 30 second 30, 30 minute 30 minute wow. 30 minutes so that's that's when form. that's when you see the yeah the, the two or three o'clock in the morning yes uh, yeah infomercial yeah. it was like infomercial wow. so then we started filming these infomercials started going crazy and so like what would you do with the infomercials like what and so we we're just young and like all the workers there were all young it literally felt like i was in a fraternity and i never went to yeah. college like i went to state but i was never in a fraternity i just went did yeah, my thing yeah. it was like this was like you're mexican we don't do fraternities yeah, yeah exactly so now like i'm in just a, like a culture. So what you're dang, saying is you're STD free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a free agent. <laughs> He's a free agent. <laughs> so, I sh- I'm, so I'm in Vegas now and, and have this role. And then um, now I'm like meeting like people from all over. The, it's weird because Vegas is so pedestrian. So now I'm even pe- meeting people from all over the yeah. like, country that moved to Vegas for opportunity. And so we're all there and we're all kind of young and we all work at this dealership. And it's all really, it was really male heavy. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, just a bunch of dudes and, yeah. and like. Now we have all these sausage fest. Yeah, now we have all these thirty-minute spots that we have to fill up. So I was like, dude, let's do an infomercial. Like, what we do? You know what I mean? So start doing this infomercial. We're just like, look, and it was like, it was so wrong. Like now, like we would totally get banned. You know what I mean? Because like we looked over and like there was an Indian kid, you know, that worked with us. Like and he was, his name was Prem Singh, and he was just like dark Indian. Yeah. And I was like, and he was like, dude. You gotta be the blue genie. It's like you gotta paint yourself <laughs> oh, blue. Shit. You gotta paint yourself blue <laughs> oh, and put on this like genie outfit and you just well, come out and like uh, just talk the way you talk, but just be out of your mind. And I don't like, suppose you still have copies oh. of these, do you? Oh, absolutely. So, They're so, everywhere. So, They're Eric, everywhere. that's that's. It seems like that was kind of like your break. Yeah. Right. With this chopper individual, yeah. which yeah. fucking, it sounded like the guy just said he, the guy understood his business. He says, you know what? I think he understood what I was uh, capable of. Well, no, cable up, but uh, yeah. the the idea of doing thirty minute infomercials. Oh no, yeah. And targeting his audience, which is the the yeah, you know, late the, night the late diner. Yeah. That was fucking genius. No. Like, all right, here's my here's my here's no, he where knew, I'm gonna market. He knew exactly yeah. what he was doing. He was a so genius. so tell us a, tell us a little bit where you are, and when he's a little bit work right now. We're in your office. This, yeah. So just just to kind of give you guys a vision here, we're in some space in the second floor on third avenue in chula vista a big big right. space big space and and i open I'm, space i've met eric i don't even know i don't know yeah. three six seven years yeah. almost like four years ago yeah. we shared 
in the same building where a tribal. Yeah. Um, he's always been. When I first met him, he was just doing. You were mainly doing video. That's yeah. the. Oh, I, yeah, didn't, yeah. I didn't know that yeah. he was diverse when it comes yeah. to media. So yeah. you know, I, obviously now I know that uh, back then I didn't know it was it was, mm-hmm. it was uh, I thought it was just video. But he, I mean, he's very diverse, right? Mm-hmm. So you you fast forward now. We're, that was this is no, back but... in 2004. 2015, 20, 2014. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's all part of the story that I was still telling, man. Oh, it's like, to be honest with you, those those infomercials, we started doing those infomercials, started going crazy. So, like, we had yeah. a dude put on, you know, like a 300 pound guy put on, like, a little, like, a, you know, the Britney Spears outfit. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he'd be like Britney's, Britney Spears punk ass cousin or something. Dude, you know where, I mean? where are these commercials dude, at? Dude, I have dude? them. I have them all, like, on tape. It's, it's crazy. I have them on DVD. It's crazy. Like, we got to watch them. It's, they're hilarious. But, anyways, what the way it parlays to, like, what I do now, why it's so crucial to the story is that there was a production company. There was a big show back in, like, you know, 2012, 2013 called Dog the Bounty Hunter. Oh, and, they yeah, were, yeah. and it got to a point where they were the highest paid reality TV show on TV. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like the biggest show That's ever. That's pretty surprising, actually. But yeah. Like Dog the Bounty Hunter at one point was the biggest show ever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it skewed, and then this is like really technical, but it skewed really low as far as like the age range and males and that's like very valuable you know what i mean you don't you want to skew younger you always want to skew younger like like younger mm. people have disposable income and like in that world back then like now things metrics and all that are so different yeah. but back in the tv world it was all about you know what i mean like 24 to 30 male you know what i mean like that you yeah. wanted that type of stuff and then it was like oh this show skews 35 to 45 female and like oh no okay, we're only going to spend this much on that because we knew that males like spend money and stuff so it was just a different world of advertising and metrics but um make a long story short dog the bounty hunter skewed very low with males it was male driven and young and that was the biggest show on tv and so the production company was doing some stuff in vegas they were in a hotel room they turn on the tv and they see our infomercial was going yeah. wild we're like losing our minds on tv and we have like navigators for like 10 grand like crazy yeah. like just like crazy cheap cars and then people and we had llamas and pigs and like <laughs> i mean we just went out of our minds yeah. But these guys, these guys yeah. aside, like they do the dog, the bounty hunter show, and they're like, who are these guys? You know what I mean? So the next day, like they came and, um, or like you know whatever, like however it progressed, but um, they're like, we need to do a show with you. So they pitched Amy Network, and this is like, 2014, and then they they bought it. So they bought the show for like a season. You know, it's called King of Cars, and we were out of Vegas, and it was just like the daily. King of Cars. It was the daily workings of the dealership, and so now we're a national brand. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and back then it was kind of like a big deal to like launch a reality tv show now reality tv shows just pop up left and right yeah, no one yeah. cares it's like and, a podcast yeah no one yeah exactly <laughs> no one cares about tv but back then it was still a big deal it's like so, our podcast no one cares about our podcast <laughs> except my mom <laughs> yeah, yeah. so we <laughs> so so uh, king of cars came out and then we did the we did the jay leno show you know what i mean so the yeah. whole crew went to jay leno there's no an episode shit, of us in there. Then we went to jimmy kimmel and then i ended up being kind of like choppers like right hand guys so, like we went to the what's called the upfronts which is like tv lingo stuff and like new york we did a media tour in New York, and you know, we ended up Th- having. This is what year again? 20... Uh, Twenty. By this time, it was 2015, 2016. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like. Uh, no. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. Way before that, right? right? 20, 2007, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Six yeah. and seven, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then, um, so the the show does two seasons, it ends up getting canceled. Whatever, that's how how it goes. You yeah. know what I mean? But um, 
right after 2007, then the economy started crashing. So yeah. car dealerships, it was all bad. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. by this time, I'm in Vegas. I'm like, you know, I've done all this national TV stuff. I've gotten notoriety, and now I'm like managing this big auto group. And then, you know, I have a house of five bedrooms. All like I, the whole thing, cars every month. You know what I mean? Just like I was living like the ultimate American dream that yeah. like, like a boy from Tijuana should never have. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm in Las Vegas balling. Say maybe Carlos Santana. <laughs> I'm, I'm in Vegas just balling out of my mind, but then everything just kind of, kind of crashes. So I was like, damn. So like, it gets to a point, and I have a kid. And I was like, what? How am I gonna raise a kid in Vegas? You know, there's sex and da 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 and all this stuff. So um, decided to come back to San Diego, man. So I come back to San Diego, and uh, just because of the the momentum from the TV show, like I just get into what I know. I went to a dealership. And I said, hey, I'm this guy. Look, here's my resume. So, so you, you came in with some, some serious validation. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. I can, I can do some yeah. shit for you. Yeah, so I, got, yeah. so I got a job. So I got a job, and that held me over for like a year. After the year, I was just like, man, I, just can't, I can't do this. You know what I mean? Like, I'm so used to like maxim parties and fucking you know what i mean jay leno like national tv you've been spoiled yeah we're in vegas you you come back down from (laughs) your high so 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 that's when i figured like man if i'm gonna do this you know this is like 2009 you know like 10 years ago it's like if i'm gonna be in this like this in the trenches and like you know not this like kind of make-believe stuff you know what i mean that like i was living in but mind you the economy was like on some crazy thing so it was all kind of make-believe anyways but i just floated in that cloud for a long time but I was like, well, if I'm going to be in the trenches, I'm going to do it for myself. So that's when, like, um, I was like, you know what? Like, all the skills I've got from being in Vegas, like video, web, all that, like, I need to parlay into something. Um, there was a gentleman that used to kind of, he took over for me when I built the website. And then um, he, he built an actual website company for car dealers. And uh, he was very impressed. He's like, you built that website? I was like, yeah, I built it by myself. I was like, okay, cool. But, like, he kind of took over because we needed, like, a bigger infrastructure. Yeah. Account. Couldn't just be, like hey, Eric, we need changes, and I go in there and do code. Like, we needed a yeah, company to take yeah. over. So when um, he his company kind of started going off, like, he's like, oh, I heard you're not at Tobin anymore. He's like, would you work for me? He's on like, actually, videos on the forefront. So would you travel and do all that? And so that's where I cut my teeth, man. Like, he hired me, and I would travel all over the country just doing video for dealerships. And I would – it was focused just on video for web. So that's where I like I knew how to do web and I knew photos and all that stuff. But like I just traveled the whole country and I would be in a different city every night, and mostly through the South, like Atlanta and like you know Alabama and like yeah. those states, and uh, just like film a, a dealership and just kind of get the 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 vibe of who they were and to present it to their customers through online. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, during this time, social media just started getting speed and I started getting more versed in that. And uh, it came to a point where I just started kind of getting burnt out on traveling. You know what I mean? I started getting burnt out on the travel. And I'd, I'd be gone for two or three weeks a month, be home only one. And um, during that time, when I was home, people were like, hey, there's like all this cool stuff happening in Barrio Logan. And I was like, when you're from San Diego and you grew up through the 90s, like the one thing anyone ever told you was like, if, mm-hmm. Unless you live there, mm-hmm. don't go to Barrio Logan. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless you're like going to get stabbed. Yeah. So yeah. then, you know, I'd be traveling all over the country, but kind of like uh, it was a little lonely. I don't get around like hotel every night, just shooting video during the day and then driving to the next city. It was just like, it's like really like you're in solitude, you know, just kind of doing your grind. But I was get, getting skills and getting better at what I did. So when I came back home, they're like, there's something exciting happening in Logan. I was like, well, let's go check this out, you know? So I went and um, it was just these uh, kind of warehouses that were doing these art shows and uh, kind of 
these community kind of activations on the weekends and whatnot. Yeah. And I, th I thought it was the best thing I'd, I'd seen in a long time. And I just wanted to get involved. So I met uh, Milo and Chris and the, the guys that were kind of activating the space that like I, I was frequenting and uh, the spot. I, yeah, the spot. Yeah, the original spot. Yeah. And I yeah. told them what I did and and they were like, dude, that's awesome. Like you should be involved as I want to. And they're like, well, why don't you do a music video? I was like, yeah, let's do a music video. So I started kind of doing music videos out of there. And uh, next thing you know, they gave me an office and uh, kind of grew with that whole scene. Um, and and uh, as that whole scene started growing, like kind of like the the players started kind of coming out. You know what I mean? Like uh, Ernie, who now is the owner of Salute, kind of like started coming around. And he, and he was Ernie was the um, his initial business was uh, catering, right? It was just it was, he would just the literally taco, the taco. he would just literally have a taco stand outside taco stand, your yeah. party. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. it was very yeah. humble. Like he would just show up to clubs and have a taco stand and. And just slang and it was him and one other dude and they would just sell tacos for two dollars and that was his hustle and yeah. uh, he started coming around because he saw what we were doing and and Lo like it's just like there was just so much excitement around logan just because it felt dangerous you know what i mean to us to our generation like yeah. you know what i mean it was like damn we're not supposed to be here but we're doing this and people are coming and it's cool and we'd have art shows and it'd be like 500 people at the art shows yeah. and, and then you know people from all over the county were like showing off their 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 art and uh, we just kind of started working on that and parlaying it. And, uh, you know, as things got bigger and bigger, um, you know, real estate people started seeing that, you know, obviously, I don't want to say gentrification, but, like, there's it's always a pattern. It, where, like, it's been a discussion. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I think it's been. Yeah, there's always a pattern where, like, you see where there's, like, artists going into an area that hasn't had too much attention and then builds excitement and then which then brings you know creative developers to say like well i'm gonna buy this building or that yeah. building and so one of the developers said like hey you know what i saw what you guys did in that warehouse and you activated it and there's all these uh kind of like art shows and you guys have a lot of following and people are loving what you're doing like i have a building over here and it was kind of like on the other side of the tracks you know type of thing like it was kind of it's like why don't you guys do that there and we were, we were like i said like we were so grassroots that we were really like in our current space we were having trouble like paying the rent and all that the, stuff this yeah. is the, the the original spot across um yeah by ryan brothers on main street yeah yeah, yeah, main yeah. Street, yeah and so the the owner of where la bodega is now said why don't you guys come in here i'm not gonna charge you rent just come and check it out <laughs> just come and come and like squat we'll give you keys and you <laughs> squat yeah, i don't even so, know yeah create a squatters <laughs> yeah so like so we the went best type of landlords yeah. yeah so we went and uh we didn't know what the future was man but there was like a like um what's it the porky land taco shop Por used yeah. to be in yeah. that building and it just happened that our buddy uh, like ernie needed a kitchen and he had actually been the one that kind of connected that whole thing to happen but there was a, a he needed a commercial kitchen there was one in there so he took that over and then the landlord said, well, you guys take over the rest and figure it out. And so we went and it was just kind of like it was real dilapidated. Like no one was on the block. It was it was it was this, scary. This, I want to say this is roughly about now we're looking at about Five 20. Years ago. Yeah, Five about years ago. 2014, 2015. Yeah. Around yeah. Yeah. Things, things have moved really, really fast. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's ex accelerated growth. Yeah. Bar and Logan, and yeah, I think and I think the, the, the reason why it happens because we already had a following. You know what I mean? From the yeah. spot. We already had, we were already doing this. And there was another um, collective called the Roots Factory, which those guys started in. And they were already doing stuff on that side. So, like, when we got the thing on the other side, it was like, it, it wasn't like starting from scratch. Like, we yeah. already had people waiting for us to, to do what it is that we were going to do. And so, um, 
Ernie kind of took over the kitchen and we took over the gallery and then we was like, well, let's do what we do. Let's do art shows. Let's do whatever. So we activated that thing. And, uh, and man, like, uh, we, we even actually, Ernie was the one that kind of like found out about border X and there was just a little brewery in, uh, Otay Otay, Mesa. Otay Mesa, yeah. yeah. And he yeah, went and he, yeah. and he kept telling us about it. And I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. We're like, I guess like, I'm so like, we're just trying to get this off the ground and you're talking about, so he brought him in and, um, and I remember we had the big opening and it was just yeah. like we already had a following. So we got some press and then, you know, I built a website. I did the flyers. I did all the things I normally do. For, for, you're talking about Salud right now. No, bar, uh, this or, is, uh, or Bodega. 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 Okay, so we yeah. had the big opening for Bodega and it's yeah. just like it just went off, man. I mean, yeah. I think like a thousand people came. It's yeah. like one of the biggest art shows and like we had bands and like pieces were coming off the walls because it's like a building from 1910 like plaster was falling mm -hmm. like we were so like under like like we could have gotten shut down at any yeah. point like this is like well, no code at, at one point didn't <laughs> it get shut down because of that though uh there was other places yeah like I, I, there was a there was a fire in oakland that that, that right. uh, oh, yeah. some people was were killed fire. and, and yeah. it basically just kind of woke up yeah. the fire marshal yeah. in the state of california so this is you know what i mean Let's fucking but, let's, but let's regulate these yeah, art shows but, here. But it was oh. for if it was for a good reason because yeah. that one, like, I mean, we had plaster coming off the one, and then we just kept writing dirty for a long time, you know, just like kept doing it. But yeah, and then that Oakland thing happened, and everyone kind of had to get their like act straight. But by that time, it's kind of like we've all kind of gotten a taste of success for Bodega, and uh, you know, Chris was just, like really about that. Like that's Chris uh, Chris Artucci, like that was his calling. Like he's good at that. You yeah, know I mean, he's yeah. good at, like putting walls up, hanging stuff and like getting artists and, and all that. And like, he found his girlfriend at the time and she helped, she was an artist and she helped do that. But it's like everyone else kind of like got a taste of kind of like success and want to do their own business. So Milo kind of broke off. Like we all kind of helped launch Saluth, you know what I mean? Which was like yeah. Ernie was doing the catering thing out of that kitchen, but he's like, I want to take over that old school Porky Land restaurant. I was like, okay, so we went in and I created the brand for that and like the vision and Ernie like knew exactly what he wanted, how, how it to look and the menu he wanted. And so we created uh, Salute and what it is now. And um, that's what, how many locations they have now? Three? Uh, Salute has three, three right, right now. Yeah, so National on, City, obviously the original going on spot. five. <laughs> There's two under oh, construction. Wow. Yeah, Vegas yeah. too, right? Yeah, Vegas yeah, they, is that's done. the third one right now. Yeah, so I guess it's yeah. gonna be okay. Cool. So, cool. so we we um so we activated Salute and I just kind of got like Ernie and I shared like that was like a real passion project. Ernie and I shared in an office and I really got to like get into like his psyche, what he likes, and I created kind of like a like the visual part, right? He yeah. did the food and he knew what he wanted, kind of the place to look, and then I just took that and it went digital. Like my thing is always I take I take the football for me it's like a like handoff. Like you're the quarterback, and you're gonna come up with a concept thing what it's gonna be. But then you hand it off to me, and I'm gonna go digital. You know what I mean? And I do the photo, I do the video, yeah, I yeah. do the. You, you do basically the visual communication, basically. Just, I mean, yeah. it, but it's more than that, man. It's more than visual, man, because we come up with the kind of the voice when, you, like, when you do social media marketing, like, you should, like, to be effective, you should, like, respond to every single person that like comments on your thing. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. you have to come up with a voice of how you're gonna do that. Am I gonna come at it like super proper English? I'm gonna do a little bit of slang. You know what I'm saying? So these are all things yeah, that you have to think about brand, like your voice. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's a persona, voice. Exactly. I, I see what you're saying. Exactly. Do you, do you think that if you would have done things a little bit later, um, you know, even a couple of years later, that you would have the same success? No, uh, I, I, I don't think so, man. I think I think everyone that's been involved with Barrio Logan, man, it's like that saying, like a rising tide lifts all boats. Like they all have to give a lot of credit with what was going on in that area. And what I mean by that is like, 
we did the thing that we did on the other side and do those art shows and all that. And then we got the opportunity to move over and then everyone kind of got the entrepreneurial bug. And um, so Milo went off and did Por Vida and then Ernie did Salud and then Chris stayed with Bodega. And then we just kind of activated and, and, Bo- and Border X went and then, across and, yeah, the street. And then, yeah. and then Border oh, X, actually sense. for a little bit, Salud and Border X shared a spot and then they went across the street. And so now we have like, now we're activated. Now there's like five, four different spots that yeah. like I kind of help, you know, like kind of get, get up and like it's just like a cohesive kind of energy to just kind of pump up the business but at the same time you're pumping up the whole like area does that make sense yeah yeah yeah, and so when people like tap into that energy is so powerful man and i give a lot of my success to that because a lot of people look at me and they're like that's the guy that like helped out por vida in the beginning or helped out salud and then you know what i'm saying now i'm like back i kind of full circle now i'm helping border x you know kind of get their stuff tight and uh it's just it was a magical thing and a magical time and it's 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 just grown and then now it's like we've all gone into a place where we all have like these crazy opportunities to all do all these things now i'm here in chula vista and now i'm gonna you know i'm helping develop with some brands here you know what i mean and and, and well actually you, you you bring you bring it to the next question that i had which is mm-hmm. Which so we don't have that many questions. Well, in we, this we, we, <laughs> we, um, we're in Chula Vista right now. We're on yeah. Third Avenue. Yes. There's a lot of things going on here. Do you yes. think that Chula Vista is going to be the next North Barrio Park? Logan or Barrio the Logan. next That's North the Park? The, the next North Park. <laughs> the next Barrio Logan. Like, okay. But, I but I mean, Chula Vista has its own flavor, though. But do you think that at least that... that South Bay Uprising, bro. That wave, you think there's going to be a wave uh, uh, that... Or is it already in motion? A thousand percent. Yeah, it's already in motion. It's a thousand percent. It's like its own thing. Um, I I moved here recently and just been. I wanted to be somewhere pedestrian where I just walk around and not have to drive and just like get my food and whatever whatever it is I need to do. And um, and I I walk the I walk the street a lot a lot of times and you just like now that being in this game for a long time like you look for opportunities. You know what I mean? You look mm-hmm. for opportunities. So as I as I walk, I see these businesses that have been in business for like thirty years. And I look at the type of business that it is, and like, let's say it's like a vacuum store. You know what I mean? I'm just like, you know what? Like, now there's Best Buy, there's this and that, and I get it. Like, I I champion the entrepreneur that's been in business for 30 years and is still rocking the vacuum store on Third Avenue, Main Street, Chula Vista, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. On Family, the yeah. on the main strip of Chula Vista, and they're still rocking it. They're still doing it. They own the building. They've been there for 30, 40 years, and they're rocking it. And I champion them, mm-hmm. but that's nothing's forever man nothing's forever and there's always a new generation you know what i'm saying and yeah. and i i don't know i don't know anything about that business but there's going to be a time where like the one that the driving force to that thing it's not going to be here anymore and so there's going to be the next generation what's the next generation going to do are they going to keep the vacuum business going or are they going to say you know what i'm just going to sell the business i'm going to sell the building or i'm going to sell I just want to rent bar. it or just rent it or whatever rent it is. That, you yeah. know what I mean? And then that's when it becomes oh, – that's where the opportunity is to anyone. Like, so if someone has a new idea, they have a new new passion, a new feeling, they could come into these places that are going away for whatever it is. And it's like a natural process. Like, it's going away because, you know, like the person that was all about that is no longer here. So it needs to be something new. And maybe the, the people, the proprietors, the new proprietors are just like – I. I don't have a passion for vacuums, so I just want to rent it. You know what I mean? For where it is, and they put a price on it. Someone rents it, and then 
then you become something. For you quinceañera know I mean? spaces. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You either do yeah. a new one, but I think there's now like, there's like six of them on Third there's Avenue. Six, there's six of them weird. on Third Avenue, but or whatever. And, which is only one Mexican family that rents them because it's <laughs> don't. Yeah, exactly. Hey, but, here, here's a here's. But sorry, the thing, go ahead. The go thing ahead, is that like, the thing that's happening is kind of it's going in a certain direction, right? Yeah. And so I think it's opened up. Before I, I lived in Third Avenue for a long time, you know, growing. I went to Chula to high school. I looked, like, and I always just go Third Avenue at late night. Third Avenue, I used to just like rip through here. There's yeah. no traffic, no people. People, no nothing but just within the last four or five oh, years it's, it's, it's a huge it's different you know, you know i mean on the weekends you see people walking it's, like, yeah, it's, it's hard to park on the weekends yeah and it's yeah. crazy so like you see the direction where things are going and i feel like it's only natural for like the new opportunities to open up that are going to go that way yeah. you know what i mean and well, especially now especially well, now it's like we live in a new era where like people could work from home people could order their food they could order their groceries they could order their toiletries like you don't need to leave your home really like not for work not for nothing and so like you could be home for seven like five days a week and sustain yourself get paid make money get everything you need delivered to you so on the weekends what are, what is it that you're gonna do it's like you want an experience you know what i mean yeah. travel experience yeah, travel. yeah you want to travel or like even if you're not set to travel that weekend though you want to go somewhere in your neighborhood that gives you something more and that's where i think a lot of people like create let's say i do a lot of restaurants so a lot of people say i have great food i'm going to open up a restaurant but they don't they, they don't tap into that piece it's like, it's like yes your food your awesome food is the ticket to the game but what's going to make you successful is like you have to have an experience you know what i mean what's going to happen when you have you a get plan there? you, you yeah. know what show is really good that taught me a lot is uh that one show where the that guy comes in and rescues the bar bar rescue mm -hmm. and the same thing he says okay well you have a great idea but look at the neighborhood there's, you know, five other places that do the exact same thing within one quarter block, one quarter mile, mm -hmm. you know, so consider yeah. doing something with a twist, you know, so yeah, yeah it's the same yeah. thing. The neighborhood, y you know, y y little changes here and there mm -hmm. are definitely going to give it a little life. I'm, I'm interested about getting more involved in this neighborhood, honestly, mm -hmm. um, you know, just because there has been a lot of promise and ever since it was been like two years ago, where we started doing some podcasts down here and we yeah. started seeing the growth. third podcast, right? When, 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 Chilo, when, when uh, Chilo Vista Brewing started uh, yeah. even before they opened. Mm -hmm. You know, we were out there. We're, 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 we actually interviewed, what's what's homeboy's name again? Tim. Uh, Tim. What, two weeks into his uh, opening, opening of Chula mm -hmm. Vista. Um, here's, here's something I wanted to ask you, Eric, because I know, um, you know, you're, you're basically in, a, in, a, in an industry, I want to say craft, that I, I think it's, it's, it's very uh, dominant in startups. You know, when it comes to video, when it comes to graphic design, website, and all that. I, I, being in, in a very similar industry, you, you you've sort of as, as a freelancer or slash uh, entrepreneur, you kind of learn to adapt to to some of the new applications, some of the new tools. Mm -hmm. Ten years ago, and I, I said it on my earlier podcast, it was five years ago. It was hard to get your own website. It was hard to open up your own. It was harder to open up your own business. Now online is making it easier with you know stuff like Squarespace, stuff like you know WordPress. It's being commoditized, everything's exactly, being commoditized. Right. So as an entrepreneur in that industry, you have to adapt and and somehow uh, adapt to, to, to changes because like what's that one wiki what's, – what's that one website where you can oh, – anyone can open up a website. Um, Wix. Wix. Is it Wix? Wix. No. Anyways, it, it's, it's, it seemed very easy. I mean I've I seen their, their very first website management or website uh, company was uh, Squarespace. The very first time I saw mm -hmm. a Super Bowl commercial, Squarespace. Which they charge sixty, which is basically our site. Our site, I think, is hosted on Squarespace, isn't it? Squarespace. One of no? them. One of them. Okay. 
it, it's becoming easier. And you, as a, as a as an entrepreneur who's trying to make a business creating websites back in the day, now you have Squarespace. Now you have whatever that yeah, uh, Fiverr and Five, yeah. <laughs> oh fucking fuck Fiverr, dude. That's a whole different discussion, bro. What what are the challenges? I mean, there there obviously it's becoming more apparent that people are getting smarter. Businesses are saying fuck. Like Fiverr is a good example. I'm gonna charge five dollars for a fucking logo, and you're gonna like my logo and shit, right? And mm-hmm. people are actually falling for it. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, in an outside looking in, some guy's gonna be like, "Fuck, that dude's genius. He's only charging five bucks, but they're grabbing some poor dudes from some Bowie or some shit across the, across the sea. That's you know, I don't just know." Go to Getty it. Images and download a logo, bro. It's I clip art. It. It's just straight clip art. No, it, 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 it's a it, business it, opportunity. It, it, it is, them. but you know what though? Like I was actually just having this discussion with somebody. Everything that creative people can do is being commoditized. It's being cheaper. You can give it away. So what's the most valuable thing that somebody like us is can have is entrepreneurial skills and emotional intelligence. Emotional, because that's okay. something that that's you true. can't really teach you a robot. Teach. You can't teach a AI how to be emotionally intelligent. So if you can be emotionally intelligent and you can bring you know, this kind of value to a business, it doesn't matter what skills you're bringing to the table, you'll be a leader of that business. Yeah. Not necessarily doing graphic design, you know. Yeah. And, you know, we get to look at the things that you're doing at your job, uh, George, for an example. You're not necessarily out there designing right now. You're no, you're, you're, you're no. leading an entire I, I, team. You know, you're having to travel. You're having to uh, get to know people from other countries, and you're having to communicate with them. It's not other countries. It's one country. It's the Philippines. Uh, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, But, but so what I'm saying is that your career is probably yeah. gone in a direction where you didn't expect it to go. I mean, but yeah, I think true. it's the only way that we can move forward and still be successful as creatives because that's something that nobody well, can take well, away I, from us. What I was trying to get from Eric is, is I've been in his spot where I was – at one point I was – I was also creating websites, but it, I wasn't doing. I was more the user interface. I was doing kind of like the the web direction, and then I had some guys in Brazil or Mexico who did all the web development, right? And that's sort of like a norm back then. It was like you get cheap mm-hmm. developers, but then you're art directing the website, right? You fast forward to it now. It's kind of hard because I, at, at, about a year ago, I was actually still doing websites, but I was art directing the sites. I wasn't even touching. I was just mm-hmm. basically branding their sites, like utilizing Squarespace or even going to thememonster.net, downloading a WordPress uh, uh, actual template, and then have my developers say, okay, this is the, this is a template, but we're going to modify it, and this is the brand that we're going to do. And that that's, that was actually still pretty pretty good, right? The, the $6,000, $10,000, $20,000 for a website, it's still there somewhere. But that's more the infrastructure, more the back end, more the you know ERP and you know operating uh, order fulfillment system. That's that's still out there. But if you just want a website that's going to communicate your brand or in the business, you can go to ThemeForest. Download a freaking $69 PST template. Get a guy in Zimbabwe or someone fucking in India, and they can do it for like 200 bucks. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Eric's raising his hand. So I want to hear this from. from yeah. Right. So this is where it's it's like everything has progressed. Yeah. Where so now we're, we're in a world where, yeah, you could do all those things. Yep. But if you're in a business and you think that just having a business, just having a website is going to help your business, then you're missing the mark 100%. Because I, yes, I know how to do those things. And yeah, I've, I've, I know how to do graphics. I know how to do video. I know how to do web, I do photos, all that stuff. I don't do that. But I'm getting to a point where I want to do it less and less. 
because mm-hmm. it's not just about the doing because now it's big picture it's mm-hmm. it's it is everything else like your business now you have to look at it like it's a, a person and how does yeah. that person that you've created that you're counting on to sustain your family and yourself how is that thing gonna communicate with the world so it has uh, yeah the website's part of it people want to go and you want to have to make sure that that thing shows exactly what it is that you're about and then you have have it set up for people to do exactly what you want them to do to communi- communicate with you but at the end of the day like that's just half the battle like it's just it, it should just be part of the integrated campaign right because yeah, yeah. you're going to have all yeah. sort of social media exactly. you have your website exactly. and they all have to work together so that's where i found success is like i'm very high touch if if people like i don't have too many clients I, i'll like i'll do that but i get paid very well because the clients i do have pay me very well because i get into the nuts and bolts of everything but that i think that's a piece that people miss the mark that that's what it takes to be successful it's not about having a website it's having a website that communicates with your point of sale and your point of sale is pushing like those emails to your website and you're getting the the list and you're getting that list and you're uploading to the back end of facebook and get a lookalike audience uh, a custom audience and from that custom audience you create a lookalike audience where you can reach two million Mm -hmm. people they're just targeting just yeah you're getting all the people you're retargeting and all this stuff and it's but the thing is at the end of the day it's all about the story like what's the story of your brand Mm -hmm. like you could do all this cool stuff and all this marketing stuff and if you're just pushing out things things it doesn't matter like you need to like what's the story like what's the story why like why are people gonna spend money with you you know you know what, you know what i tell people is that nobody's gonna remember what you say yeah. they're gonna or what you do they're gonna remember how you make them feel exactly and i it, think that's what the story is all and about I, no so at it, the end it, of the day i that, that's all that that's the description that i use for a brand people say what like what's a brand i don't get it. it's a logo i was like no, no a brand's not, not a logo no, like that's where you start it, it's that's, part of it it's part, it's of, part it. of it i was no. like a brand is exactly how you how a, per, a brand is how a person feels when they interact with your business like 100%. this is a this is actually a shout out to my friend Sean from Cali Comfort he actually let me borrow a book called uh, CU CUX customer user experience mm-hmm. and it's not user interface it's not it's not user interface it's not user experience it's a brand is basically something that um, can live by itself you're just a person that's going to cultivate mm-hmm. and take care of the brand like mm-hmm. apple there's no, there's no specific person anymore. After Steve Jobs left, that brand is still alive and well, right? I know it's probably a bad example for PC users, but um, this book is actually talks about where the experience is not just the website. It's not the product. It's the experience to get the moment they hit their website, the moment they hit a storefront, mm-hmm. all the way down to the purchase or transaction. And what they get out of that. But you know, that's, that's what you say about experience. I, I thought about that this is a lot, customer actually, user experience because you know. Um, I'll, I'll show you that four, four, four years ago, you know, I went through the closing of my business. Uh, and George, George used to work with me. So I mean, Analcom? Yeah, Analcom. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Anacom. Uh, but, you know, and that was a pretty traumatic experience, uh, having that close and losing those relationships. Uh, but, you know, I, I learned from that. And what I learned, uh, partially because of one of our clients, uh, the Lombardi Group, they were saying, uh, you know, they were, they were working with financial professionals. But they were saying, you don't need to know the entire tax code. You don't need to know all 800 pages. What you need to know is you need to know the right people who know that. And what you need to focus on, instead of focusing on 20 clients, find the two clients that are treating you the best, 
that are paying you the most mm -hmm. and do the best possible job for them by connecting them to the right people. Absolutely. And yeah. instead of being this uh, provider of services, what you've become is the most trusted business advisor for these per people. Yeah. And it sounds to me like that's kind of Eric, yeah, Eric that, where, that's, where you're getting that's into. Where, that, that's, that's where I, I dealt summed, into. I think you like, summed it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not just a service provider. Yes, I do those things, but that's secondary to everything else. You know what I mean? That that outcome. And uh, and and at the end of the day, um, having a business that has a good brand and messaging and kind of really know what you're about um, just helps you levitate that thing to you know the next levels. I mean, um, one of my most successful projects that I've worked on is, is my friend's uh, taco company called Saluth, and it's like it's a taco shop. You know what I mean? And it's like there's no copyrights on on tacos. You know what I mean? Anyone yeah. can make a taco. You know what I mean? Like, and not saying yeah, that. No, not really though. But I'm saying not not saying that yeah. his tacos his tacos are awesome. I love them and they're unique and you know they're, they're they're some of the best that I've ever had. But I've also had other good ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But let's say let's say down the street there's this other company that like I love their tacos too. But I go there and it's it's fluorescent lighting. There's like six different lines. And you gotta like stand in the different lines, and it's kind of confusing, like where you go. I think you know what I'm talking yeah, about. <laughs> and I'm just like kind of like, and I love them, and I go through that because I love it. But it's not like my go-to if I want like to have an experience. I just like if if I'm if I look if I peek and the line's short, like okay, I'm gonna jump in there because I like those. Does that make sense? I, I love taking my white friends to Salud because I, they like, always come out uh, with like, oh my god. Here, here's here's how I see it. Yeah, but real quick at Salud, like it's. It's it's good food, but there's also there's an experience. You know, you have, you have, you have music. We we've done things to make sure the staff is right and they're saying the right things. The so they're acting the same way. There's mere artwork. There's everything. So that I mean, all that stuff communicates. You know what I mean? And not saying that the other one's not going to be successful, but I'm just saying. He's saying that, other one like he's. <laughs> but I'm saying that <laughs> the Michael ones yeah. the ones that we've built in four short years have become something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Without having roots in Tijuana, without like having all this like backstory and like 15 years of like oh. struggling out there, like in four years. We were able to build this something that's amazing that now it's like growing to Las Vegas. You, you, you know, and, and, and it does transcend food because like I actually took a picture of the mural. I forget who did the the mural. I'm uh, sure. Gain one, yeah, David. Yeah, Gain, yeah, yeah, that one. Shout exactly. Out to Gain the, one. Yeah. the 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 flaming heart one, right? Yeah. Um, so that I have it as my screensaver on my com on my computer go, at yeah. work. Yeah. I've got it as my screensaver on my phone. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I love it. It's one of my yeah. favorite murals, I think, yeah. in, in in all of San Diego. And, you know, nowhere else, no, no other restaurant has that. And it's yeah. just one of those little touches. And then, you know, there's the whole, um, uh, the, 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 uh, what do you say? The game of Thrones, the throne, there's oh, a the throne. Th yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, who, yeah. who, who has that? Nobody else has that. So I, like I said, I like taking my friends, especially yeah. my white friends yeah. who have absolutely no idea <laughs> yeah. about any of this yeah, stuff. Yeah. You take oh. them down there and you've blown their mind. Yeah. Yeah. You, and it, and it all comes from what we were doing before with the, warehouse art shows and like most of that art's just from local artists that were there and like what what it's it's uh barrio logan is very like prideful and like who goes in and, and who does business there so ernie did a very good um thing like kind of tapping into the culture like his family had been there from before so he kind of knew some people and tapped really deep into the culture of what was there to make sure that the aesthetic and like they were playing homage to the neighborhood if that makes sense yeah. and then i was able to take everything that he did and just amplify it and scale it on a digital level with the you know all the social media platforms that we have now and and uh you know just all the 
you know, all the tactics of things, if that makes sense, but also being very involved in kind of the inner workings of the business and kind of knowing who everyone is and you know, keeping the culture up and all that stuff. So it's, man, it's just like, I feel like marketers now, like if you're just thinking about, I build websites and this is going to be my business, then yeah, you're going to die. Cause like, yeah, yep. there's, there's, there's other, we live in one of the most successful countries in the world and there's other countries where they're going to learn the skills, the things, how to do where they're going to take over those things overseas. You know what I mean? All the like building websites, doing the graphics, all that, like, we're not going to have to do any of that here. So like, what do we do now? How do we, mm -hmm. how do we market ourselves as professionals in the marketing space? And it's like getting your hands, like in, in understanding a business and it's like being more integrated into the business and learning what it is and getting that me right message. Out. That's why I went back to school, man. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I saw the same writing on the wall years ago and I knew that, so when I graduated, I, I, I did the SDSU graphic design program, and right out of there, I remember going to an AIGA event and looking at all these like big name designers and being like, whoa, these guys, like I want to be like them. But then you fast forward three years later, market's crashing and they're all struggling just like you. Yeah, exactly. And that really opened up my eyes, and I said, there's something, there's something that needs to change. And, Absolutely. You know, they're either, they either need to adapt. Mm -hmm or uh, yeah. they're, they're, they're gonna die. And that's kind of where I took this, the whole idea of being mm -hmm. the most trusted business advisor. And I, you know, I'm, I, so now I'm, I'm earning a master's degree in global leadership. I wanna see well, what I can do with that, you know? Absolutely, man. Um, it's awesome. But, but I do think that, you know, you definitely tapped into something. Mm -hmm. You saw the writing on the wall mm -hmm. also. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I think there's still a lot of people though who don't see it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you go to them and you can ask them for yeah. how much for a business card, and they'll give you a yeah. price for the business card. Yeah. You know, they're not going to have a conversation. B business card? What the fuck is that? <laughs> exactly. So if somebody, for example, yeah. asks me, you know, hey, the, can I get yeah. a business card? I say, you, yeah. we, do you need business cards or do you yeah. need customers? What do you need? Yeah. You know, because more, more than likely they're going to say customers. I, I, yeah. I, I think it, it, what I, I, what I see is I see a simple uh, assessment of what I'm what I'm hearing. This is something obviously not new because I think all of us are kind of in the same profession. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm doing graphic as well yeah. and then you, you know, and you're you're you know i used to work with him back yeah. before actually yeah well, well, same industry yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, creatives. um but it, it's when it comes to entrepreneurship yeah. when it comes to actually being uh, a leader in some sort and not working not just being a doer a doer is someone that just hey that you're told what to do and you're going to be Order working taker. forever that's fine there's nothing wrong with that yeah but some people just don't have they're not how should we say sustainable yeah. There have to be creatives, yeah, yeah. and I and I think that's that's one of the things. It's I, a condition I, I, for it's sure. It's a condition, <laughs> and I think it's something. I don't know if you can learn it. I think a lot of people that that are very comfortable in their craft, which I, is I think it comes back case, to empathy. behind a cubicle and they want to get paid. That's fine. If you're if you're an empathetic person though, like you'll be able to absorb and and read what people are feeling, not necessarily no. what they're saying. And I think you have a better edge of like reading the room. Now, actually, before we go any further, we're get we're at an hour mark. I want to be very respectful Christ. of Eric's time, Eric. Before we move any further, uh, let me ask you, is there any plugs you want to give? Do you want to give a shout-out to anybody here in the neighborhood? Shout-out for some of yeah, your businesses? Shout-out to my mom wants to hear because she's the only one hearing this. So, <laughs> <laughs> Something for Ms. Ms. Recoy, please. No, man. I mean, I just like, I, just playing. Uh, I want to show a lot of respect to all the businesses in Logan. Like I said, uh, rising tide lifts all, lifts all boats. And uh, I kind of like was at the right place at the right time and was able to come up with everyone out there. And I... I have a lot of respect for everyone out there, you know, La Bodega, Por Vida, obviously my clients, Salud, Barrio Dog, Border X, and then, um, you know, now kind of spreading 
kind of that thing to third avenue and you know shout out to like grindhouse ron ron richie and you know everything else going over here uh parsing nombre and it's just you know at the end of the day it's just um i'm just very passionate about people have having a place to have experiences and uh and, uh, experience and stories, right? Yeah, experience. Do, do you have a website? Where can people find uh, your work? Yeah, you can just go to ericcasas.com. I mean, you could schedule like a one-hour chat with me if you have some marketing problems. I love, that's like my gift back. Where um, if you go to ericcasas.com, you can schedule something and we'll get on the phone. And uh, I've been like, uh, it's just it's so fulfilling to be able to help kind of uh you know people on the come up you know what i mean figure some stuff out and and get the next step in their entrepreneur journey and uh you know i've gotten to the point now where like people ask me for websites i'm like geez my website's like 10 grand you know and and uh and it's kind of like out of like the realm so like i always suggest like well go on my website schedule an hour like let's just chat and then get a maybe a better vision of what it is that you need yeah justify and, why it would be yeah that. yeah like mm -hmm. you don't really like need someone like me yet you know what i mean so so yeah just ericgosses.com and then uh yeah that's it man thanks for having me this has been awesome i know i was a little uh, reluctant in the uh, beginning i was like some beers and stuff. I, I, I don't know if dude, i was I, ready I, I, <laughs> let me let me give you a little background on this so so the sole reason we're even here was initially we're supposed to discuss possible space with you here. Okay. Now, that was the reality. Okay. We said, yeah, yeah, this, yeah, well, that was that was the initial idea. It was like, I hey, don't man, think he's got any space, bro. I mean, this place plenty is of space here. <laughs> hey, this place and and it kind of just led to. Well, first of all, I fucked up on the date. I had it for next week. But it was today because I'm, I'm actually flying to the Philippines. He switched it up on me and then he was like, hey, man, where are you? I, <laughs> I was like, Anyways, oh, man, I thought it was next week. Man. And I go, he's all, before that, you sent me a text like, George, let's do a fucking podcast next week. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm gone. I'm not going to be here. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck it, let's do it tonight because we know we're meeting tonight. Yeah, and I didn't know. I was See, like, yeah. oh, I thought you were going to call me back. We're going to go somewhere. And, and I'm at Bar Sin Nombre. I was talking to the waitress and the waiter there, or the, the bartenders. I'm like, bro, are you guys down to split 15 minutes with us? We're going to do a podcast called The Flight. It's a happy hour. They're like, sure, bro, but we're going to get music in like in 10 minutes. I don't know if you can hear us. They're like, all right. And then I he walks in. And I'm like, hey, dude, are you down for a podcast? I'm like, nah, dude, nah, fuck it. I'm fucking drinking since fucking last night, bro. I can't. And I'm like, dude, that's not a bad podcast. You're, you're very authentic. It is a beer podcast. <laughs> no, but you know what? I can definitely see this being uh, going into a second episode because uh, th this is a lot of value. And I think for the yeah, people, man. at least no. the people in the creative industry who would no. be listening to this, I think they're going to get a lot of value out of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, man, it's, I, I feel like uh, just personally, like my business and like everything that I ever did, like at, I, at early on, it was very competitive just because I, I feel like I didn't have my skill set up and I used to be very closed and guarded like to what I was doing and, and all that. And I just, I got to a certain point and just like learned, like, I don't know if like I read a book. I had a client too that was like really like self on the like personal development side and I just something clicked, man. It was just like, no, man, you just got to give it up. There's abundance. There's enough for mm -hmm. everybody. Yeah. So if anybody has any questions or like needs, saw something that I did or like, you know, wants to know, it's like, I'm an open, open book, man. I have well, no you know, secrets. if you, if for those questions <laughs> that people will have, they can go on Google and they'll find 2 million answers, but there's only going to be one Eric. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, exactly. So I'm just, I'm, I'm coming from a, like a level of abundance and like, I just give, 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 and like, I have no secrets and like, it, like, I just like I just want to level up everybody. That's like, cool, that's man. Around me Sounds now. like the start of a movement. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, well, definitely. Thank you very much. We'd love to have having you on our on our show. And uh, is, is this your first podcast interview? I think so, man. Yeah. So you're always yeah, no, you're hold really, on, hold on. I'm always behind the scenes. I've we, never done it. We broke his cherry. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, <laughs> All right, see you guys. Thank you. All right, thanks, All right. guys. Peace.